Welcome back to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. Tonight we have a little bit different uh, episode for you. I've got one of my really good friends, Michael Hines, with us, who's a caddy out on the PGA Tour. So we're going to bring him on to kind of interview and, and talk about his life on tour. So, Michael, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, guys, I'm Michael Hines. Yeah, caddy on the PGA Tour. This is shockingly my fourth year now. So kind of feel kind of feel like a veteran at this point. So, uh, yeah, excited to be on the pod and looking forward to telling my story. Yeah, you've uh, you've kind of gotten to join the kind of move up the ranks as, as the players do starting out caddying on the, on the web.com and then moving your way up to the PGA tour now. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of, I kind of lost you for a second there, but yeah. So I, uh, uh, started caddying for Anders on the, on the web.com tour and he ended up earning his PGA tour card. I was, uh, while I was caddying for him, I was kind of searching for jobs and didn't really think I wanted to do it full time, just kind of doing something to, to fill the void for a little bit. And he ended up playing really well and earning his cards. I just said, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stick with it. So I was, I was with him for two years and then now I'm with another one of my teammates, uh, Vincent Whaley for the last two. Yeah. You, you got to play with both of them at at your time at Georgia tech, which I'm sure is what, what kind of got you, you know, wanting to stay in the world of golf, um, obviously playing collegiately and competitively. I'm sure you kind of wanted to stay, stay, you know, within the ropes and, and keep playing in a sense, but now you're, you're carrying the bag instead of playing, uh, out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I watched them beat up on me enough to, to realize that I, I wasn't really good enough myself. So if I couldn't play myself out there, I might as well just strap on a bag and, and hoof it every single day. Get to you- experience it from inside the ropes. Yeah, so so which one's more stressful for you, uh, carrying the bag and watching your players hit the shots, or would you rather be the one, you know, hitting the shots? Uh, more stressful is playing for sure. That's why I don't play anymore because it was a little bit too much stress. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird being caddying. It's like you're completely calm. You you think clear. You think clearly, and especially when they're in a big moment and as a player, as a past player myself, you can kind of, your heart gets going and you start to feel the emotions and you don't start thinking clearly. So that's where I need to kind of come in and be like, yeah, we maybe should just lay this one up and not try to, not try to go at the tuck flag here. You've got to be the, you, you've got to be the calming presence, the one that comes in and, and push them back a little bit and be like, let's, let's not throw it all away here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird. Like when I play, you know, first tee shot at a tournament or a big putt, you can like kind of feel your heart beating out of your chest. And I've had some, I've had some big moments caddying, you know, Anders has, Anders has won once or we've won together on the corn Ferry tour and he's come close and Vince has had some really good finishes. And like, I've never really had that feeling caddying. So it's nice to be able to stay more calm, cool and collected in the moment. And obviously I'm not the one hitting the shot, but yeah, it's just it's a completely different feeling. The, the nerves and stress definitely isn't there because at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just a spectator. <laughs> yeah, it's the the pressure doesn't fall on you. Of I mean, yes, your your finances, I guess, that depend on it, but I mean, you're not the one that's truly living and dying by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I have zero control. All all I can do is give him a number and and sit back and then watch and see what he does. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've done it. it. It's I've done it long enough now. Like when I first started, I it was like, oh wow, like this shot 
could mean a thousand dollars for me. And now it's just like every single week, every single shot matters. I used to like, would look up like before Sunday, like, okay, well, if he finishes in this place, like this is probably how much money he'll get, which means how much money I'll get paid. Now it's just like, you do it every single week. Some, some days, some weeks he's going to finish with the birdie. Some weeks he's going to finish with a bogey. It's, it's just how, it's just how it works. So you can't get too caught up in it. Yeah. You can't, you can't live and die by it. You've got to, it's a roller coaster out there. Yeah. He, they still, they still live and die by it. He, he had like a, he had like a 10 footer for birdie in Puerto Rico last week and he hit a perfect putt and it just lipped out on the high side. And he was, he was a little heated for a second. It took him a while to calm down. Yeah. You guys had a great week last week in Puerto Rico coming off a, a top 15. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was, man, the wind, the wind was blowing down there. He played, he played well there last year, top 10 there. And yeah, he just had, he had a really good feeling about the week. His, his putting has gotten, gotten much better. And yeah, he, he, he played really well. He, he just got a putting lesson in Palm Springs and worked on a few different things and didn't have a three putt for the week. So yeah, he uh, seems to get his game going in the right direction. Had a, had a rough start to the West coast, missed a few cuts in a row, but uh, now it's had two decent finishes back to back. So hopefully, hopefully you can keep it rolling. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's hard enough. I mean, just even following the players, you know, as a, as a fan of a player and then it gets kind of ramp it up being the caddy. And then uh, I can't even imagine the actual pressure of being out there um, hitting the shots myself, but it, you know, you've, you said you've been out there now for, you know, four years and you alluded to Vince kind of having success at back-to-back courses. Uh, are there courses that you start to feel more comfortable at? Is it more your players comfortable uh, that you've noticed now kind of making the, the trip around the tour for a few years. It's, it's kind of weird for, for both players. You like think about courses, like, first of all, Vincent Anders have completely different games, different styles of play. And you start thinking about the course play. Well, or, or, wow, this is a great course for Vince. And every time you say that, like they end up missing the cut and you're like, uh, or the times you're thinking, Oh, this course doesn't really set up for us. It's going to be a bad week. And then, and then they go out, out and, have a have a great week so it's just it's just weird it's just weird how things work and yeah i'm definitely i'm I'm going to some courses for the fourth time now it's it's crazy so definitely don't feel like i need to put in that much prep work before i can kind of just carry the bag around in the practice rounds and not really not really worry about you know checking where the whole locations are or already know where the where the right places to miss are so yeah it's definitely definitely getting a little little easier and a lot more familiarity I mean, it's got to be nice for the player knowing, you know, having someone carrying the bag too, that's uh, almost the more, you know, I know you two are both still young out there, but you're technically the more seasoned one. You've seen it more than he has. So he probably, I would assume he kind of starts to rely on you a little bit, like you're saying, like where to miss, um, where, you know, what the way each course plays, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's, He's one of the, he doesn't really have his yardage book half the time either. He just kind of looks at me for the number and I kind of tell him where the miss is and, and we just roll from there. But yeah, it's pretty, I don't know. I always, I always joke about it with both of them. I was like, all these guys put on the, all this hard work. If the pins, if the pins on the right side of the green, what's miss it left at the flag. <laughs> sounds you make it sound super simple. Why, why, uh, why aren't there more exactly. people being successful? Exactly. It's not rocket science, but. 
yeah, I don't, we don't, we don't really have a win on tour yet. So I can't really say I'm the expert caddy myself. <laughs> so, uh, let's, can you run the, the listeners through kind of, I guess, what a, what a typical week is for you guys from, you know, Monday to Sunday. Yeah. So, uh, Monday's Monday's travel day. Generally you finish a tournament on Sunday and sometimes you can get out of there Sunday night, but a lot of times it's Monday morning and you get there, get there Monday. You got to get to the airport, rent a car. Uh, then you usually go straight to the course. It's kind of weird this past year we've had to do COVID testing. So now you got to go get, get COVID tested, get the Schwab's shoved up your nose <laughs> and then, kind of got to kill an hour before the results come back and get your results back. And then you can head to the course and yeah, it's, and then it's just depending on what, what Vince wants to do. It's like some weeks he doesn't really want to do anything until Tuesday. Some weeks he wants to get there Monday and, and play nine holes. He doesn't really have a, have a strict routine. Um, but yeah, Monday is just kind of a, kind of a travel day, you get a little practice in and then Tuesday, especially for Vince, cause he's still in the rookie category he's not in the pro-ams on Wednesday. And so Wednesday pro-ams, of course, is pretty much shut, shut down only for the guys in the pro-ams. So you can't play on Wednesday. So Tuesday is the big, the big practice round day. You definitely want to touch, touch them all and just get, get 18 holes in, get a feel for the course. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday's just a little bit of a, a lighter day because you can't play them. So uh, just kind of, it's a quick day kind of feels like an off day. Sometimes we'll find a little, another course close by and uh, he'll play and I'll snag a few of his clubs and, and play with them. And yeah, just, just kind of a light day, take the load off before the tournament starts. And then, That's yeah, gotta, obviously, obviously Thursday, the it's go time. That's gotta be pretty fun. Um, you know, bouncing around, maybe seeing, seeing something else kind of, you know, in a way almost like clearing your head um, b- before you get thrown into the fire on, on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you, when you get there on Monday, it's, uh, you kind of, you can have some, you can have some busy days. And so you kind of want to be, want to be fresh and relaxed before the tournament starts. Um, so I guess, uh, this kind of goes into, you know, once the, once the tournament starts, I mean, is it pretty much just the entire time you guys are, are focused? Or are you trying to let off steam before or after the rounds? Is it, you know, go time 24 seven? It's definitely, I don't know. I don't know how he feels, but like Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are like not that fun carrying around that heavy bag and like nothing's on the line. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely kind of relief when Thursday comes around. It's like, okay, like let's, let's get after it. And like, this is what we're here for. So it's, it's a little more serious and definitely get the juices flowing a little bit. You guys get out there and, and try and get some games in with, with other uh, people out there on tour week to week or like for practice rounds? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. We're not, we're not doing any of those Phil games that or Ricky <laughs> Fowler games that, that you hear about. But uh, yeah, they'll, they'll do like a little, a birdie game, like $20 birdies or something, like, like nothing serious. Just, just to kind of keep, keep the competitive edge on and, and try to make some birdies, which is, which is what you're going to be trying to do in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who do you guys typically try and hang out with on, on a week to week basis? Um, he's a lot of, a lot of the rookies, like some of the guys you really haven't heard before, but Michael Gellerman, uh, Michael Gligic were 
Michael, myself, it's a pretty much the Michael crew <laughs> is who we hang around with. Um, he's really good friends with uh, Scotty Scheffler too. He's kind of the bigger name. Uh, he grew up in, he grew up in Dallas as well as Scotty. So they've been best friends since they were junior golfers. So it's kind of nice to play some practice rounds with him and kind of see, you know, he finished fifth in the FedEx cup last year, just had a good week. He plays well every week now. So it's just kind of good to be able to see what he's doing and kind of compare games and see what Vince needs to improve at to try to get to that level. Yeah. That's gotta be a huge help for, for someone like Vince of um, another young guy who's had a lot of success uh, success and he's, quite comfortable with so it's got to be got to be easy for him to kind of talk to scotty and, and pick his brand of what's worked well for him to to get him where he's at yeah yeah for sure we were supposed to be partners with him in the zurich this year but he bailed on us for bubba watson so that kind of stings i'm gonna try to ride him a little bit <laughs> that's uh that's a tough that's a tough sell there um to get dropped here so late yeah so i guess he's really not that close with him as we thought he was <laughs> oh geez um uh, what, where would you say is your uh, favorite place you've been to so far or favorite place to go back to? Pebble Beach is pretty cool. Just for the, the views or the course, um, the tournament? Or the course, yeah, the course. If you get, unfortunately, it's like the worst weather of the year. I guess that peninsula is just in that time of year. It, it generally seems to be like it's 50 degrees and rainy every day but and a little windy. But when you catch a calm, sunny day out there, it's – it's tough. It's really tough to beat. It's, it's very, very spectacular. Um, and yeah, course wise, it's gotta be that one. Um, I was in Phoenix with Anders. I mean, Vince played Vince Monday in Phoenix this year, but it was a little different without the fans. When you get 200,000 fans rolling in there, it's, it's pretty cool. How was, how was 16? Cool. I mean, they, they built it up this year. Um, Actually, fortunately, Anders Anders made a birdie there when it was completely filled to the brim, and that was cool to see. Kind of everybody went crazy, tossed the ball to the crowd, and Vince actually made a birdie there this year too, but wasn't quite as electric. <laughs> I, I gotta ask you, going back for a second to uh, to eighteen T Pebble Beach, you were paired with uh, after a couple good first days. You you got paired with Max Homa and Francesco Molinari on on Saturday when when Molinari cold topped it off the first tee, what, what was going through your head when that happened? Yeah. I mean, we were just, everybody always asks like, you know, who's the, who's the kind of the best player you've ever been with. And it's kind of tough when you're a rookie, you're, you're always kind of paired with the other rookies. So you never really get the good pairings. And so we were in good position on Saturday and we were like, Ooh, Molinari and Max Homa, like, like these guys are pretty good. Like Molinari, I mean, he went like two years ago, went like six months without finishing outside the top two. So we were, we were excited to see that. And uh, yeah, it was kind of rainy and cold that morning. Like I was saying, you know, one of those mornings at Pebble beach and they called his name first and we're kind of, kind of scrambling, got the umbrella out, like just trying to, just trying to stay dry and Watching him, watching him hit that shot, it was just like, all right, Vince, like, <laughs> good luck. Not, not expecting that. The shot link said it went 70 yards. Like, I don't think it went more than 30. <laughs> just cold dribbled it off the tee. So it was actually funny. And then Vince steps up. He's almost, he's, he's almost hit an OB himself there last year. He, like, kind of snap hooked it left to hit a fence and kick back and kick back in play. 
and we've got that same hybrid and he kind of just steers one man. He, he hit the same shot he did last year, but fortunately it was so cold and, and windy that morning that it, it came up short of the fence, but we had, it, it's a 370 yard hole. I think we hit six ironing and came up 20 yards short, but, wow. uh, but we're walking, we're walking off the tee and yeah. So Max Homa hit, it was the order was Homa Molinari and then Vince. So Max hits first and just stripes one down the middle. Molinari tops it. And so we're walking off the tee and Max and his, we let Molinari kind of get up to his ball and Max and his caddy come over to us. And we're like, man, that's honestly like Vince hit an ugly shot. And they're like, honestly, that's really impressive that you were able to keep, keep your composure there. I mean, I <laughs> just, I just think about play. it's hard to follow up one of your buddies just playing in a, in a, for fun right at your home course when he tops one off the tee or, you know, when he hits one in the water, OB, I mean, he gets stuck in your head, but to, to be out there in the thralls of, you know, the PGA tournament, you're top 20 right now. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know Vince was nervous himself. You know, it's, it's, it's probably the best kind of Saturday position he's put himself in outside one of the opposite field events being, I think we were T15 or something at the time starting the day. So it was definitely one of the more pressure situations he's been in. So yeah, it was, it, it, it happened and everybody's just complete silent, like not a noise was made. And then it was just like, all right, good luck, Vince. <laughs> I mean, no, no fans, no nothing. You're just you're out there and you just got to watch it and you, you got to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And he ended up he ended up hitting six iron short of the green, chipped it up, got it up and down and, and birdie the next hole. So it didn't phase him too much. He actually got off to a decent start. That's good. Um, I guess. A, Another another good question for you is what what's uh you know what's kind of your your top moments that you've had whether it's with Vince or Anders on the Corn Ferry or on the PJ Tour I mean I know you've won once I think with each guy uh, right uh, not a win with Vince if, okay. I mean I do have a win if you count first stage of Q school with Vince but okay. uh, just just the one win with Anders but yeah I'd have to say that's definitely probably the top one. Um, it was kind of middle of the middle to late of the corn ferry tour season in Springfield, Illinois. And Anders was uh, four back going into Sunday, I think. And I think he honestly that weekend, I think he shot 64, 63 uh, birdied the last hole to win by two. So that was pretty much locking up his tour card. So yeah, just from me going a few weeks earlier, uh, considering taking other jobs, like, you know, going into the, going into the corporate life and him doing that and securing his PGA tour card was, was really cool. And then a few months later with Anders again, he, uh, in the, in his last name, his name's Anders Albertson. And then in the Albertson Boise open in Boise, Idaho, way back going into, into Sunday, like middle of the pack. And he rattles off a little 62. I think he birdied like five of the last seven holes um, and it, it held for so long. And then the very last group saying moon Bay, uh, made like an eight footer for birdie on the last hole to beat him. But that was, that was pretty cool. Making the Sunday charge. He, he had quite a few Sunday charges that year. He was playing some good golf. Um, and then with Vince, I was with Anders, but when I could get an off week with Vince, uh, Vince was trying to get out on, he was still trying to get some corn fairy tour status. And, uh, I went to first stage of Q school with him. Anders had an off week and Vince ended up winning first stage. And then 
Q school finals is in December, which is the PGA tour off time. And so I went out to Arizona and did Q school finals with Vince and he ended up making through, making it through, I think on the number or or one shot clear, it was kind of very, I mean, if anybody knows golf, Q school might be the most pressure that, that you can experience. Like it's, a lot of guys are, are playing for their careers and if they don't make it, they've got to go find a job. So to be out there with Vince and kind of have some caddying experience in those pressure situations and kind of help him, help him through that. And, and him getting his card that way. Um, it was, that was, that was a cool moment. That, that had to be awesome. I mean, just obviously with them being your teammates, I'm sure they're, they're both, you know, you're really close friends and that's got to be a really fun aspect. I know not everybody out there on tour has their caddy is, you know, it's not one of their buddies, sometimes it's more of a business kind of relationship in a sense. And, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you guys are a little bit, you know, it is like having your buddy out there on the bag and one of your best friends. So it's gotta be a little bit, you know, chummier, a little bit easier to, to joke around with each other out there, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very lucky that Vincent Anders are, are two of my best friends and for them to be willing to take me on. And a lot, a lot of guys do just like to keep it professional. You know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of intense heated moments out there. So it could be, it can be kind of strange, you know, doing that, that with a best friend. That's why a lot of guys try to try to keep it professional, but at the same time you're spending, you know, that, that many hours you're playing six, seven rounds a week. So both of them, both of them kind of want to ha- wanted to have a, a younger guy and somebody they're, they're really good friends with to be able to, to talk with and hang out with and you keep it light outside of the, outside of golfing. I got to ask if you ever gotten really heated out there on the course with them or, or in a practice round where you guys got in a, in a big argument over something. Um, not really, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very confrontational guy myself. Neither are, neither is Anders and Vince. Um, Anders is very laid back and kind of keeps his emotions in check on the course. He, uh, so he, he would never get too upset. And if we did, if we did kind of make a few mistakes in a row, he'd kind of say like, we, we need to be better, you know, not never like taking anything out on me. It was kind of just like, like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop screwing up here and, and, <laughs> and get it together. And then, and then Vince, he gets, he kind of rides his emotions. Like if he, if he makes a mistake, like he'll, he'll let it out. He'll, uh, kind of everything you, re- you really don't teach somebody to do. <laughs> um, but sometimes, sometimes he gets heated and he, and he, and he converts that anger and, and rattles off a few birdies. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make a mistake and whether he hits a bad shot or we just, or we just choose a wrong club, he'll, he'll kind of be fuming up the fairway. I think he, I think he bent his 60 degrees this, this past week after hitting a bad wedge. And I was like, I'm not really sure if that was a, just a bad shot or a, or a bad number, but, but yeah, you just kind of with him, I kind of, with him, I kind of got to let him, let him, uh, walk up the fairway, let, let off some steam. And, and at, at first I would kind of get concerned, like, is he mad at me or, or is he just kind of, kind of letting some heat off before he has to go hit this next shot. But I've kind of being with him, this is my second year now. I've kind of, I've kind of got him under wraps and don't really get too caught up in it, but yeah, we've never really had like, serious intense arguments is just like oh yeah we probably shouldn't have done that there all right that makes a lot of sense i mean it, 
I feel like if I was out there with one of my buddies, it'd be the same way. You know, you get mad at yourself maybe for for having a bad swing or, you know, maybe just a bad decision in the moment, but you just kind of have to let it roll off and and move on to the next one. Um, I guess, do you ever, who, if it comes down to a tie of, you know, you're thinking one thing and the player's thinking the other, is it always, always letting him make the final decision or are you ever really pushing for something? Um, that's where you have to be part psychologist because you don't, you don't, if you have a shot and he's really feeling something like at the end of the day, I would rather, you'd rather him hit the club. You don't think is right. And him be fully committed to it. than him, than him hitting the club you think is right. And him not committing to it. Like at the end of the day, you want him making a confident swing. So yeah, you want to like, I try if there, if I disagree with something, I, I kind of just ask him a question and like ask what he feels about, you know, the, the shot that I I'm thinking. And if he's comfortable with it, he'll switch and be like, yeah, I love it. And he'll go to it. And if he's not comfortable with it, then I'll immediately flip my perspective towards him and be like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Let's like, let's, let's make it happen and just commit to it and, and we'll see what happens. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's kind of one thing I think a lot of people don't um, don't think about as a caddy is that you've got to be that that psychologist. I mean, it, it's like being your you are their coach out there on the course. You've got to you've got to make sure that they're they're choosing the shot that's best for them, but it's also one that they believe is going to be the one that's going to you know give them the best result. Because if you're not committed, the odds of you hitting a good shot are it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you got if you got back me as a caddy i'm not mean but if he if he thinks if he thinks the nine iron isn't too much club and and i'm i'm asking for the pitching wedge and he's like no it's it's perfect and you just you gotta you gotta let him roll with it rather than try to muscle the wedge as hard as he can and then pull hook it left of the green or (laughs) something yeah you gotta you gotta make sure that the the big mistake doesn't happen or if it does it's it's more on it's their decision not not really the one that you were pushing pushing for yeah, exactly. And Vince is a guy that kind of really likes to go after everything. So I just, I got to make sure I try to dial him back a little bit, but at the same time, you got to shoot 20, 20 to 2,500 to win each week. So you, you do have, you do have to be aggressive to make that many birdies out there. Yeah. What's the mentality like showing up on Thursday and knowing that, I mean, a win you've got to, you know, right. Starting on the first tee on Thursday, you've got to be looking at 66, you know, four days in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's, you just, you just got to take it one shot at a time. You can't really get, get ahead of yourself. And especially when you're teeing off, you know, sometimes he's teeing off Thursday at two o'clock and, and you see guys go out there and shoot eight or nine under. And you can't press like, you're not going to shoot nine under every single day. You just get out there and try to birdie the first hole and, and then get to the second hole and try to birdie that one. And, whatever it adds up to at the end of the day, it adds up to, but you can't, can't get too carried away and, and what might happen and just, just gotta, gotta be in the moment and make, get, be aggressive and make birdies. I see why uh, they enjoy having you out there. You, you definitely seem like the more rational, rational person <laughs> out there. Um, it, it's a, but like you said, it's probably a lot easier to sit there and say that, you know, carrying the bag and, and not being the one trying, uh, trying to do it. Yourself. Yeah, for sure. If you see nine under on, teeing off if you're the player you're 
I'm sure you're a little concerned and you're like, if I don't birdie the first hole, I might as well go home, <laughs> which I've, I've, I've heard Vince say that a few times. So, Oh, that's, that's, that's a tough one right there. You know, and you, and did he, did he bury the first hole when he said that? Um, it's not always the first hole. It's kind of just like, if you don't literally birdie an easy par five or something, that's kind of, that's kind of when you get that quote, but I've, I've heard it over, over 10 times. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of trying to think of what else. Um, I, I guess a little bit uh, asking about, I mean, you don't have to get into too much details, but what's the what's kind of the caddy finances like of, of how it works between the, the player and, and caddy? Because I mean, I'm sure people see these these giant paychecks from the players from week to week. And I, I mean, I know Vince isn't he hasn't won yet, so he's not getting those multi-million dollar ones. But I, I guess what's it, you know, what's kind of your guys's deal or breakdown without you know, as comfortable as you're saying. Um, so the PGA tour pays a lot better than the corn Ferry tour. I don't, I don't know if you knew that or not. So it's nice, nice being on the PGA tour. That's for sure. But yeah, you get kind of, uh, it's kind of golf is weird. Like all other sports, you know, you, you're, you're paid your salary and you travel with the team, you put up in nice hotels and don't have to pay a dime with, with golf. The players, the players are on their own dime. They've got to, They've got to get their own hotels. Some weeks get their own rental cars when there's no courtesy cars. I've got to do the same thing, get my own rental car, find a place to stay. So pretty much each week a caddy gets like a, like their base paycheck. And Jennifer on the, on the corn Ferry tour, I would say stock is about a thousand dollars a week on the PGA tour. I'd say it's in the 1500 to $2,000 a week range. And so you're getting that regardless of, if he makes a cut or not, that's kind of just like your weekly money. And, and if you're flying to Hawaii or, or San Francisco on the West coast, like obviously that, uh, that money gets eaten up pretty quickly between flight rental car and hotel. But when you're, when you're on the East coast, I live in Atlanta, when you're, when you're driving to new Orleans or Tampa or Charlotte and you get to have your own car and, and you know, people in those cities, then, you pretty much get to pocket that entire money plus on top of however much, however well they, they play, they uh, play that week. So okay. yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like, that's kind of how that works. And then percentage wise, I'm not every, everybody's different. I mean, it, it's stock 10% for a win. And then with uh, I would say it's about kind of the six to 7% range for a made cut, I think is for most people. And then you're getting in the 8% for a, for a top 20. Okay. So yeah, Vince, Vince's breakdown for me is 10% win. I think 8% top 25 and 7% uh, made cut. Okay. So that's how we do it. Pretty, pretty basic. I mean, covers, covers a good chunk. I mean, I'm sure even with travel expenses, if especially, uh, I mean, with the way the tour is scheduled, at least you're not bouncing for the most part. It's, it's not going back and forth, you know, the West coast swing all, all rides together. And now they're, they're in the Florida swing. So you're, you're traveling kind of all in, in the same general area, which has got to help as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a rundown of the West coast, like Vince's best friend has a place in Palm Springs. So I was able to stay in the house with them that week. So no rental car, no hotel, like that was that, all that was, was flight. And then we got to drive over to San Diego. And so no flight there, just had to get a rental car and a place to stay. And then 
from there, we, we weren't into Phoenix, but drove to Phoenix and Monday qualified. And so again, no flight. So yeah, it's a, a lot of driving and, and you can, you can figure out how to, how to save some money out there if, if you're serious about it. So yeah, I'm excited, excited though, to be, to be back on the East coast and hop in my little Hyundai Sonata and, and take it all over the place. Living on the road. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm young. I'm young. Loving it. Can't beat it. Love the travel. It, it, it's a sweet gig getting to see, you know, the world's best golf courses, get to see the world's best golfers out there play. I'm jealous. It, it's gotta be a whole, a whole lot of fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I've been home for two days, but just two nights ago, we were just after the final round, we just kind of went into downtown San Juan and found a little strip, got some mojitos and just kind of, kind of lived the Puerto Rican life for, for a little bit. It's, it's cool. I'm jealous. I'm sitting here in, in Tennessee and I'd kill to go do that right now. So I mean, it's like a, it's like a vacation every week for you in, in a sense. I mean, yeah, you've, you've got the, the work and during the round, but after the round, it's a little bit like a vacation. So, um, before, before I let you oh, get, yeah, especially, especially Puerto Rico, Vince is a, Oh yeah, go ahead. No, you can keep going about Puerto Rico. Oh yeah. Vince, Vince is a big, we both, we both love the ocean, especially some places you go like Vince loves the waves. And so, yeah, every, we, we literally play golf. We'd go to the course and then go straight to the ocean, grab a few Coronas, drink the Coronas, and then just go straight out on the waves and boogie board for a few hours. And then, and then come back, we'd be exhausted, sleep and, and wake up and do it again. So it was, it was an event. It was an eventful week. I'm still tired. I, I think I took a little nap. I set my alarm for nine o'clock before we, before we were doing this <laughs> podcast. Cause I was, I'm still so tired from that week. But a lot yeah. of jet lag. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to be home and kind of relaxing for a little bit. So before I let you get out of here, what do you guys uh, got coming up? What does the schedule look like for you guys the rest of the year? So he's not in Bay Hill or players. And then he's currently, he's like nine spots out of Honda, which we thought we were going to get in. I guess if we don't get in. That would suck, but you never really know. Um, these are two big tournaments coming up so guys could play them and drop out a Honda. So yeah, we're still planning on doing Honda. And then after that, it's Punta Cana and then San Antonio the week after that's the masters. So I guess kind of glory's last shot. It will be San Antonio for him, for him to get the spot in Augusta. That would be uh that'd be fantastic if you guys uh, were able to pick up a win here in the next couple of weeks and, and get to Augusta. I know you guys got to play it a few times at Georgia tech and it'd be just up the road for you. So, I mean, that's the, that's the dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool for both of us to be able to experience that. But uh, yeah, looking forward, he's just came, come, came off a good finish. So he's putting really nicely. So hopefully, hopefully he keeps it going and kind of get hot going into the summer. All right. Well, uh, very last question. Favorite, favorite shot or funniest moment that that's happened to you, to you on the course for, for any of them, any, either guy. It's gotta be when Anders won. We, uh, he was one, he had a one shot lead going to the last hole and he was kind of in the rough and the pin was tucked back. Right. And he wanted to hit a seven iron. And I knew, I knew he was kind of jacked up and it was in the rough. And last thing you want to do with a one shot lead is, hit a flyer over the green. So I, I talked him down to the eight iron. I mean, we had, I think we had one ninety two hole and talked him down to the eight iron, just 
tell them to go right up, right up the pins tuck, tell them to go right up the shoot of the green, kind of get off 20 feet. Cause seven, we were one group, at, one group ahead of the guy that was one back. And so just trying to, trying to get our par, give yourself a look at a par worst case and still have a pretty good chance. And he steps over to this eight iron. It, sure enough, it comes right out right at the flag. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and as soon as it comes off the face, he's like, oh, Mike. And I was like, I was like, is that a good oh, Mike or a bad oh, Mike? He's like, it's good. And it lands it lands three feet from the flag and just sticks there. And he uh, he walked up and, and kicked it in and didn't even have to worry about the guy coming in. So that was definitely the coolest shot for sure. And then I'll go ahead and do Vince. His was at Q school. He's, um, I think he's, he's kind of on the number with one hole to play. He didn't birdie an easy par five the hole before. And, you know, if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get this done, he's, he's got to go back to the mini tours for another year. And he had a pitching wedge into the last hole and he hit it in there to into one foot and kick that in for birdie to, to definitely seal up his card and not really have to sit around and worry about anything. So that was, that's been the two, two coolest moments watching, watching them kind of both achieve their dreams and, and being able to help out with it. It's, it's pretty cool. And hopefully there's a few more of those in the future. Absolutely. I mean, we'll be, we'll be cheering for you guys all along the way. Um, but no, that, that's awesome to watch them kind of come up clutch there in, in that moment and, and really pull off the shot that you're looking for. I mean, there's no greater feeling in any sport, especially golf, when you're the one that makes it happen. And, you know, it's not handed to you. You're the one that kind of goes out there and takes it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great. Great seeing them earn it. So I'm, I'm just very lucky watching them do it. All righty. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you. You're coming on the pod here tonight. I know, it, know it's late down there Eastern time and waking up from your nap to, to come here and, and, <laughs> and share your story and share what it's like to be out there on tour. I know a lot of people hear kind of what the tour life is like, but I don't think caddies get, get talked about enough. You guys are, are just out just as important, if not more for those players. So uh, we, we like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, thanks for, thanks for having me on Kylie. It was fun. All righty. Well, we'll, we'll all be cheering for Vince Whaley. And uh, if you, if you see Mike Lyons out there carrying the bag, then you can, you can put a face to the name. <laughs> your face to oh, the yeah. boys <laughs> all right guys well appreciate you checking in tonight